Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Let's go together to today in the Word. If you will take out your Bibles, we're going to begin this morning in Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you, fellas, for your help. God bless you guys. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to begin, and then we're going to roll together into Romans chapter number 12. We're going to spend some time together today in these passages. Today we are going to bring to a close this series we've been on in the You Asked For It series on forgiveness. Last week, this week is on making forgiveness final. I have a question for you this morning. When was the last time that someone offended you? Last month? Last week? This morning on your way to church? While you've been at church? (laughs) You know, offense is something that we all know something about, don't we? Something that is common to all of us. We have all at one time or another, experienced offense at the action of another person when someone has uh, purposely said something in vengeance towards us or someone has intentionally taken a course of action for the sole purpose of causing harm or discomfort or worries or fears in us. Then there are those times as well When we have been offended without malice or ill intent, um, how many of y'all ever got up on the wrong side of the bed? You kind of (laughs) get, you kind of get the day started and you kind of feel off your game a little bit as the day gets started and somebody walks into work or someone walks into the kitchen and they say something and it starts it all. Somebody maybe is just, uh, you know, they're being quiet. Their minds are occupied on something else, and somehow we get the idea it has to do with us. We take offense to their action, whether it is legitimate or not. Offense is part of life. The question is not, will offenses come into our relationships? Because they will come. The real question that we have to ask ourselves is, what are we going to do with them when they do come? You see, an offense is an event that happens in your life. Offended is a state of living. I can't control the event that happens in my life, but I can control the state in which I live. Now, we know the enemy's agenda for our lives is destruction. We know his agenda for our church and for families and believers. Destruction is his agenda. John 10 and 10 points it out very well. He comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. 
The enemy's agenda is destruction. His strategy is division. And his tactic to accomplish the strategy is offense. We can be offended in our marriage. We can be offended in relationships at church. We can be offended in relationships at work with family members, a friend, or a neighbor. If you and I don't deal with offense, if left undone, offense will deal with us. Offense that is left alone will create separation. It will create harm and hurt that can last a lifetime if not dealt with. Forgiveness is where we've been the last couple of weeks. Forgiveness is the avenue that God chose to bring resolve to offense. Last week we spent some time talking about the characteristics of unforgiveness when when you and I are dealing with unforgiveness in our life, the characteristics that come forth from that are the things that we looked at last week in this passage in Ephesians chapter 4. This week we're going to continue on and we're going to look at the characteristics that come as a result when forgiveness is put in action in our lives. And I want to I want to tell you as we began this process this morning, God wants these characteristics in us because not only do they characterize God the Father, but it really is about bringing about good in you and me. It's about bringing health into you and I. It's about bringing health not only into our physical bodies, but our minds and our emotions. All these other characteristics we talked about last week. Last week we talked about bitterness and anger and rage and malice, uh, which is hatred. And we talked about uh, fighting and we talked about bitter words last week. All of these things we talked about last week only work to bring hurt. They inhibit us. They restrain us. They smother the life of God out in our lives. They will stifle us from growth. And they will hinder us in every way. Those characteristics of unforgiveness shackle every good thing that God the Father wants to do in our lives. How many of you know God's plan and purpose for our lives is to bring freedom? Can you say amen? God wants to bring freedom into our lives. God is a God who brings joy, joy, joy. God is a God who brings peace into our lives. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and you may have it to the full, overflowing. It's about real life in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, let's go there together. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse number 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Notice this, that it may benefit those who listen. I wonder when you and I look back over this past week, how many people benefited by the words that came out of our mouths? It's quiet. Wow. 
Let's even back that up to this morning from the time the clock went off. How many people were benefited by the words that you and I spoke? The Bible says, commit your life to speaking only the kinds of things that build and encourage others and encourage them and build them up. Let's go on, verse number 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God who is on the inside of us. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here's where we were last week. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You will notice the first characteristic that he points out to us in light of forgiveness is the characteristic that's be kind. Call of Christ for my life and for your life is to be a kind to the individual who's offended us. They've wronged us. They've sinned against us. It has been said that your actions will change your feelings. Your actions start the process. Your feelings will follow after. We often ask the question, how do I start the process of living out forgiveness? Because over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about healing in our lives. How does the the process of healing in forgiveness begin in our lives Be kind. Be kind. Be kind even to the person that you're struggling to forgive. I would submit to you today that kindness is not a feeling that overtakes you. Kindness is a choice. To be kind is the opposite of being harsh and bitter and sharp. Kindness is to be gracious, benevolent, affable, courteous, and humble. Truly, kindness is at the heart of love. Now, if you'll turn over in your Bibles or your electronic device to Romans chapter 12, we're going to spend a few minutes in this chapter. This is such a powerful passage of Scripture because it speaks relevant terms to us in living our lives around other people. How many of you know in this world you have to live around other people? You ever ever have a day in your life when you feel like everybody has fallen off the wagon except you? You use the phrase, what's wrong with people today? <laughs> this passage talks a lot about living with and around other individuals. The first verse we're going to look at in Romans 12 is this, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I want to read that again. If it is possible... He puts a clause in the middle because really you could read it this way. 
If it is possible, live at peace with everyone. And what we would say, if it was left there, we'd go, well, it would be, but it's their fault. I want to have peace, but they won't let me. I want to have joy, but they suck it out of me. If you were to read that passage that way, if it is possible, live in peace with everyone, you would go, it's not possible. He puts a clause in there that gives us a lot to deal with. Notice what he says. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you. We spend much of our lives blaming other people for our own actions. I'm this way because of them. I respond this way because of them. I do it this way because of them. I'm in a bad mood today because everybody else in this place is causing me trouble. As much as it depends on you. I would submit to you today that kindness is one of those characteristics that depends on you. You see, I'm not responsible for what others do, but I am responsible before God for what I do. As much as it depends on me, the Bible says that I'm to show kindness. Notice what he says to everyone Obviously, he didn't know about those people that were going to be in my life. As much as it depends on me, I make the choice to be kind to everyone. Listen, friend, it is a part. It's not the whole. It is not the sum. It is a part of the process of learning to walk in forgiveness. By choosing kindness, we are forgiving the way that God does. In God's forgiveness, friend, he is not harsh. He does not respond to us with retribution or vengeance. Rather, and the truth is, I've given him plenty of reason to be harsh with me. I've given him plenty of reason for him to be bitter with me. He does not respond in retribution or vengeance. Rather, he responds in kindness to us. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 is such a wonderful passage of Scripture. Knowing us, think about your life. There's two people that know you well, you and God. Knowing us like he does, notice the passage, but when the kindness... And love of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Different actions will lead to different feelings, not the other way around. Listen, friend, if you and I are waiting until we feel kindest towards the person, it's not going to happen. If you think that one day, well, if I just get a really good night's sleep 
Maybe before I go to bed, I'm going to read some scriptures on peace, and I'm going to go sleep, and I'm going to dream about peace, and I'm going to dream about joy, and when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to feel all this kindness towards them. Friend, it is a dream because that's never going to happen. What we really need is healing. Isn't that what forgiveness is all about? Healing, healing on the inside, healing on the outside. Kindness characterizes forgiveness. Verse 32, he continues on. Be kind and compassionate. Compassionate. Have you ever harbored something against someone and sometimes they didn't even know you harbored it? They came to talk to you and, how you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Got a smile on your face. Act like everything's good. Even pat them on the arm. And inside there's a, a, a battle and a war that's going on on the inside of you. Outside we can be kind, but inside we can be full of anger. See, it's, it's really important that he put these two words together because if we took kindness, you can kill people with kindness. But how many of y'all know it can be fake? Compassion, it really is the characteristic, it's the essence of being kind. Kindness works on the outside. Compassionate works from the inside out. The truth is, God's not looking at the outward appearance. God's looking at our hearts. To be compassionate, another word you could use to describe the word compassionate is this word, tenderhearted. To be tenderhearted means ready to feel the pain of another person. My heart is tender towards them. It is compassionate towards them. When you see somebody walking through something, you feel empathy towards them. There is this tenderheartedness towards them and their situation. When we've been hurt, what do we do? We close our hearts towards that person. Being compassionate and tenderhearted is this. It's an opening of our heart. It's really kind of just putting it out. It's an exposing of our hearts. Let's go back to Romans chapter 12. Beginning in verse number 9, what we find here in this passage is the spirit, the spirit of tenderheartedness. Look at verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. That's that outward thing. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. You know what is wrong? Bitterness, rage, all the things we talked about last week. How many of you know God has never called us to be bitter Angry, rageful, hateful, hatred. None of those things are characteristics we find in God. He says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Notice this. Hold tightly 
to what is good. Verse 10, love each other with genuine, boy, such good words in this passage, genuine affection. And notice, and take delight in honoring each other. No, today's my day to honor you. No, 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 today's my day to honor you. Take delight in honoring you. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. You know, you can curse people without using curse words. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. How many of you know that's a fun one? Let's just be real for a minute. We want to pray, but it's not blessings, huh? Verse 17, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. I'm telling you, we could nearly live our lives by this passage right here. If you didn't have anything else, if you got Romans 12, Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. In other words, do things so that everybody can see Jesus in you. It's easy to be like the world. It's easy to be like everybody else. Verse 18, a passage from earlier. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never, somebody say never. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. So in other words, we need to yield that over to God and say, God, you know what they've done. You know how they've hurt me. You know how they've treated me. God, I give it to you. What does he call us to do in response? Verse 20, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Compassion. And that word tenderheartedness is one of the great characteristics of forgiveness. What I'm sharing with you last week and this week are not easy steps. They do not minimize. And, the, you know, as we've walked through this, I, I've tried to share with you my heart that I, I realize there are times we have experienced things that are uh, life-altering events. And we don't quickly just brush those those things under the table. But coupled with that, I would submit to you a large majority of the offense that we deal with in life are not life-altering events. They are annoyances. In fact, when I looked up in the dictionary the definition of offense, the first word that popped up was annoyance. You ever had anybody be annoying? Aggravating. 
Most of the things that we deal with on a daily basis, you know, in the home, what tears apart a marriage are not life-altering events usually, they're annoyances. I heard somebody say not long ago that the thing, you know, they say opposites attract. And when you uh, were dating, the opposite things attracted you to them. And then when you got married to them, it drove you nuts. Those are the things that often lead us to a place of offense. Compassion, tenderheartedness, kindness is one of the great characteristics of forgiveness. Listen, friend, if you and I don't make the choice to walk away from the bitterness, the rage, the anger, the hatred, if we don't choose to let that thing go and drop it and pick up kindness, compassion, tolerance, we will never know what it's like to find healing in this area of forgiveness. Thirdly, you'll notice what it says in the passage, and it kind of closes this thing together, and he says, forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Well, if we're going to understand that, we've got to ask ourselves the question, how, how, how is it? How did God go about forgiving me? Now, I want to give you some thoughts regarding this because I want you to be able to find forgiveness and to be able to, I want you to have a way of walking this thing out. So I want you to think for a moment about how God forgives us. A few words we might use to describe the way he forgives us might be the words immediate and the word complete. When you come to Christ, I'm glad that when I came to him and I said, Oh Lord, I've blown it. I've screwed this thing up. I've ruined everything. I'm glad he didn't look at me and go, yep, you're right. I'm glad that he didn't say, well, listen, uh, I've got, you know, Wayne, I've got to forgive this week. And, and I've got Harold, I've got to forgive this week. And I've got all these others I'm working on. I'll get back to you in a few days. The reality is that Christ Jesus forgives you and I immediately. And here's the reason why he does. Because the work of forgiveness is already done on his part. That's how he can do it. He doesn't have to do something. He's already done the work that needed to be done to forgive you and I. Your salvation and my salvation was purchased and paid for 2,000 years ago on a cross when Jesus said, it is finished. Your sin is paid for. It's done. It's over. The curse is broken. So when I came to him and I said, I've blown it, he said, I forgive you. When I came and said, I have messed it all up, he was kind and compassionate and tenderhearted towards me. You see, there's two positions that you and I can take in forgiveness. One is the vertical, and then the other is the horizontal. The vertical is when we go to God. And we start a process of forgiveness in Christ. What does that mean? That's not 
just some religious lingo. We go to the Father and we lay it at the altar. We give the offense to Jesus. We give it to him and say, Lord, you know what they've done. And I'll be honest with you, there's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, here's what they did to me. And you state it. Lord, this thing is too big for me to handle. You know why it's too big? Because it's so big, we don't have the emotions to deal with it. That's why we turn bitter, rageful, hateful. Because we don't have the ability to take care of it. We say, God, I can't handle this. Lord, I give this to you. I surrender this thing to you. God, I forgive them with you. Between me and you, I forgive them. You see, you know why this is important? Because some of the people that have offended you, they're never coming back. Number one, some of them don't even know they've offended you. Then some of them, listen to me, some of them do know they offended you and they don't care that they've offended you. Some of them have offended you and they've died. Some have offended you and you have nowhere in the world to find them today. You have no idea where they're at. And, and if you're waiting on them to come and they never come, then you say, well, I can't be released. Listen, there is release. It's found in Jesus. You and I have got to give it to him. God, I'm tired of the anger. God, I'm tired of the bitterness. I'm tired of the hurt. I'm tired of the empty hole in my heart. I need your healing, and I give this to you today. That's the vertical. The horizontal then is between you and that person who caused the offense. Here's why it's important that you have to deal and I have to deal with the vertical first. Because sometimes the offender will never come back to you, but you still need healing. Sometimes they're not aware they've offended you, but you've still got to find healing. Unless you deal with the vertical first, when they do come, if they, if they all of a sudden they're moving, they say, you know what, I was really a jerk last week. I need to go talk to them. If you haven't dealt with that with God first, when they come, you're not going to be able to release them. You're going to go into revenge mode. When someone comes and says, you know what, I'm really sorry, you've hurt me. And we start by saying, well, how many of you know that's not a good start? We usually follow up well with the word you. Well, you, and the racehorse takes off. If we don't deal with this thing and settle this thing with us and God first, when they do come, we're not going to be willing to release them. We're not going to be ready to release them. We're not going to be ready to forgive them. We're not going to be ready to let this thing go. You've got to release them with God. You've got to release them. And the Bible says, Jesus said, hang on to your seatbelt. This one may get a little bumpy. 
Jesus said, if y'all come to church and you get around the altar, and while you're at the altar trying to worship God, you remember you got an issue with somebody else, he says, you need to leave your thing at the altar and go be reconciled to them. In other words, if things are out of sort this way, that means they're out of sort this way. We can't be right with God and wrong with everybody else. The passage says, forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. If we don't walk this thing out in the way that God planned for us, the consequences are damaging in our own lives. Actually, what happens, as I told you last week, forgiveness is about finding a prisoner and realizing it's you. You're the one shackled. You're the one that's in prison. You're the one that's in bondage in your life. This, uh, this wood box this morning, this represents a, a flower box, if you will. It's a garden. It, this, is, this is life that... Um, is happy. This is a life full of joy. This is uh, how many of y'all, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips. And uh, it's a beautiful sunny day. Hadn't the weather been beautiful the last couple days? Uh, the way that it's been beautiful, that's what this represents. It's beautiful things in life. Represents relationships in life. Represents things that happen every day in our lives. I uh, didn't ask for permission, so I'll have to ask forgiveness later. Uh, Tanner Mariah, could I borrow you guys for just a minute? Their heart rates just went immediately to 900. Immediately. Tanner, if you'll, if you'll come and stand right here. Mrs. Mariah, you used to call her Miss Mariah, and then she got married. Mrs. Mariah, if you'll stand right here. The truth is... They represent life and they represent, you know, the happy, wonderful things that we all want there. How long have you guys been married now? A year and three months. So they're, how many of you know they're new on the journey? They're uh, finding things out about each other that, wow, I didn't know you did that. <laughs> and then it's like, I wish you'd stop doing that. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just trying to be happy. Those things in life that uh, can create us some problems. Now, the truth is there are things in life that can create offenses and they can create annoyances and they are things. Uh, if you'll hold that there, buddy. They're things that we do. Have you all ever said something and didn't mean it the way it came out? And you knew there was a problem when the receiving person, their eyes got big or their face got red, their expression changed. What happens is we speak those things and we give it to another person. Now the offense has really begun. You know, it's kind of like they go to, you know, they're, Married a year and three months, and they go to some friend's house, and it's another new 
uh, newly married young couple, and they're there, and they're having dinner, and they're sharing time together, and, and the, the wife of the other couple, she makes this meal, and, and here's Tanner, and he's sitting at the table eating, and he's going, oh, my Lord, this is the best meal I Yep, you're, you see where it's going, don't you? Yep, yep. That's, I've never had a meal this good. And she's like, you won't ever have a meal that good again either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, you know, Things are okay at the house and something breaks. And Mariah thinks, well, it's broken. I need to find somebody who can fix it. I'll just call my dad. My dad, my dad can do anything. My dad can take care of that. And he's like, well, who do you think I am? Amazing how something we meant nothing. She's like, I didn't mean anything about it. And offense comes. Every one of us in this room have been handed an offense. Every one of us, different situations, but every one of us. What matters is what are we going to do? When the offense gets handed to us. Because the truth is, six months after they had dinner at that couple's house, he comes in the kitchen and says, What are we having for dinner tonight? Yep, here it is. It's back. She's thinking in her mind, why don't you go to their house? She's such a good cook. Yep. <laughs> she said, cook it yourself. <laughs> That's how it happens. Now, now, we have illustrated that they are a couple Let's, let's give you a, another scenario to create the environment. Uh, Tanner is in church, and uh, they represent, just for a moment, if you will, let them represent a couple people in church. And uh, Mariah walks in, thinking this is a friendly church. Tanner been on the platform he's been here early in the morning and Paul has had him practicing and three people have asked him to do three different things and he's running through the building trying to get it all done and boy he's he's trying to if I can remember it all and Mariah sees him go by and says good morning Tanner and he just keeps trucking and all of a sudden well, I thought that was a friendly church. I wonder why he's ignoring me. I wonder why, 
boy, I really don't care much about you here. And the longer she holds it, well, maybe I'll just go to another church. You understand how offense works? Here's what's important. Come around the back here. Miss Mariah, you can keep holding that. Here's what happens. Let's both work together, okay? If you help me, if you hold that. Here's what happens. I'm going to put it right in here. If you don't deal properly with a fence, you put it up in your life. And it doesn't matter what the situation. Well, I can remember it. This one is 1970. Now, some of y'all, that'd be a problem for because you weren't born then. <laughs> but some of y'all understand what I'm talking about. 1970, this one. This one happened. And well, six months ago, that meal, that's it right there. That's the best meal ever had in my life. And well, those people, they really, they say they care, but they really don't. And those people told me they really loved me, but if they loved me, they wouldn't have treated me that way. And if she really was the woman that she said she was when I got ready to marry her, wouldn't have this thing going on. And we can continue on building in our lives Offense. You know what this is? When we don't deal with the fence properly, it turns into bitterness, anger. You know what it does? It becomes a monument in our life. And unfortunately, our life becomes to the point this is what's identifying us. Terry, will you go out front and stand out front? Miss Mariah, just stand right here. Here's what happens. When offenses aren't dealt with, they divide people. Remember we talked earlier about the enemy's agenda was destruction and his process, his strategy to do it was dividing and the tactic was offense. How many churches have we seen where people, this was like right down the center aisle. Some of them, it was in the same row. For some people, this thing rides between the two front seats in the car. So many areas and avenues in our life. And what happens is when we don't deal properly with the fence, this is what we get. And we get divided from other people. And in our offense, then what happens is we began to live in a prison. Tanner, will you come back here and join us in the back? You see, it doesn't matter. We've been talking about healing 
in this area of forgiveness because if we don't get healing, we live our lives in a prison of offenses and unforgiveness. And we're held in place. And you see, but what, what can I do to change this thing? What can I do to get the help that I need? You see, I've talked to all kinds of people, but it doesn't seem like I'm getting the help that I need. If only you and I in our lives could find an example of someone who was really offended. Isaiah said he was despised and rejected by men. They scorned him and abused him, spat on him, beat him. And yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are what? Healed. It's about healing. About healing. I'm reminded of a story in the Bible where the Pharisees brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. The Pharisees brought the woman in her shame and her hurt. They said to Jesus, What should be done to this woman? The law says we should stone her. And in fact, all the men that had come that day gathered together, they had hand-picked stones they would use to kill her. Jesus began to teach in a way that only Jesus could teach. They began talking, and Jesus bent down and began to ignore them and began riding in the dirt. We have speculated for years what he was writing, and the truth is we don't know, but we do know this. It was something that was powerful enough that the men began to drop their rocks and walked off. And you know what happened? Yes, yes, the woman was wrong. They were not wrong. The law did say that if a woman that was called in the act of adultery, stoning, that, that was the law. Jesus said, i got a better plan for her. What happened is he talked, they dropped the rocks and walked off, and that woman that day walked away in freedom. You know, friend, the only way that you and I can deal with offenses, because listen to me, offenses are going to come in your life. There's only one way that you and I can deal with offense. You've got to drop it. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying sometimes we don't need to sit down and have a come-to-Jesus meeting. Because sometimes we do. After we've had the meeting, we've got to drop it. After they've said, I'm sorry, we've got to drop it. After Miss Mariah, would you come with me? After, after he said, honey, I didn't mean anything by that about the meal. Please forgive me. That's good words right there. That's good practice. I'm giving you. <laughs> Write that down. You might put that on the phone to remind you. I'm sorry. 
After he says, I'm sorry, she says, I forgive you. What does she have to do? And after he has said, I can fix anything. I don't need your dad to come and do it. What does he have to do? Drop it. After the person that walked by you in church that you thought was snubbing you, what do you got to do? Drop it. After words were spoken because I was tired and, and I didn't feel really good that day, and maybe, yes, I was a little sharp, and you helped me understand I was sharp. And I said, I'm sorry. What do you got to do? You know what happens when you drop it? The fence comes down, doesn't it? Notice what's happening when we drop it. The monument is going. The prison we were bound in is gone. Healing, freedom can come. There is no division between us any longer. The enemy is not having his way because freedom has come. Thank you guys so much. Why don't you give them a hand? A year and three months. You guys are going to make it a long, long ways. How do we deal? How do we make forgiveness final? Listen, when we went to God and we said, God, I can't handle this any longer, we got to drop it. Listen to me. There's, there's times you're going to go to God and you're going to say, God, this thing's too big for me. What they did to me was terrible. I forgive them and you, I forgive them the way you forgave me. God, I give it to you today. I can't handle this any longer. Listen to me. And you say, so what happens in a week if that thing comes back? That feeling, I'm, I'm just being real with you. Don't be surprised if the feeling doesn't come back. What are you going to do when it comes? you got to drop it. Why? Because I gave it to God. You may have to go back and say, Lord, I need your help today. I gave it to you. I'm really needing extra grace today. God, I don't want to walk with this thing anymore. I give it to you. I wonder in your life. Some of you all can name the offense. Some of you have a picture right now in your mind of the person. You remember the day. You remember the moment when offense happened. What are you going to do? Let me close with this thought. Here's what happens. I'm being just as real with you as I know to be. Sometimes you say, it's my right to be hurt. It's my right to be angry. It's my right to be upset. 
when we hold on to that thing. What happens is we live our lives carrying that thing around everywhere we go. It stays with me. And you know what the truth is? When I can't let go of one thing, it won't be long and there'll be something else. And now I've got another thing I'm carrying around. And life gets heavy and life gets difficult. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. Friend, there is healing. There is release. In the name of Jesus. Would you bow your heads this morning? I'm going to ask Joseph Paula will come alone. Everyone else can, can stay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come to you this morning. Oh, God of heaven. Jesus, you were of all probably offended the greatest. Because, Lord Jesus, you were there at creation. You're the one who created all of us and everything that is. And when the creation that you made turned, began to say the words, crucify him. I can't imagine what you must have went through that day. Having all power and yet you stood there while they ripped your beard from your face. While they shoved a crown of thorns into your brow. When they took the whip and they began to beat you until your flesh hung like ribbons. Blood began to pour from your body. Oh, Jesus. Yet, Lord, after all of those things, Jesus on the cross, you uttered the words, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus, you never intended for us to carry around offense in our hearts and our lives. And you want to bring healing into our lives so that forgiveness can become final for us. I pray for every person in this room today, some of them very deep hurts have occurred. Some of them have been wounds that have happened in the home. Some through the words or the hands of a spouse or a child, a mother, a father. Today there's a great offense, and Lord, you want to bring healing to them. Father, I pray for them today in the name of Jesus. ask it all, Lord, in your name, the name that can set us free. With your head still bowed, I would ask you for the next moment or two, if you'll just, just stay right where you're at with me. And heads bowed. How many of this morning 
would say, I need some healing in my life from offenses that have taken place in my life. With heads bowed, would you just quickly just lift a hand and say, please remember me in prayer this morning. Yes, 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 all across the room. Yes, yes, I need healing. I need healing, yes. I need healing, yes, yes. You can put your hands down, friends, after you raise them, yes. You remember the day when the words were spoken. You remember the feeling, the moment, the action, and the event took place. I need his healing. I need his healing. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And right where you're at, this, I have tried to walk so gracefully through this series together. Right where you are sitting in this moment in this room, God is right here with you today, my friends. He is the great healer, not just of our physical body, but of our emotions and our minds. He is the healer. Father, in the name of Jesus, just touch right now. Friend, right where you're at, just, you, you don't have to say it out loud. Just right between you and the Lord right now, would you just begin to say, Lord, I need your healing in my life. Lord, I don't want to carry this thing any longer. Lord, I don't want to carry this weight anymore. God, I don't want to be known by this. God, I want to be able to drop it. I want to be able to move on in healing in you. But I need your help today. Father, in the name of Jesus, as men and women across this room... Lord, are calling out to you right now. Lord, there's one thing I know about you, and it's, God, that you hear everything we say. You hear the words that are spoken. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, right now, I pray that healing would begin to come. God, I pray for grace. God, when... When it seems like those feelings come back, I pray for your grace and your strength to help us. Sometimes it doesn't seem, Lord, like we've won the battle, but in Jesus' name, we win the war, friend. We win the war. Father, in the name of Jesus, The Bible says, Lord, that you were anointed to bind up the brokenhearted. Lord, that's a miracle. And today, that's what I'm asking you for in this room right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying for a miracle. Praying for a miracle. Praying for a miracle. I'm believing you for a miracle. I'm trusting you, God, to do what nobody else can do. For he who began a good work in you, he will complete it. I just want to encourage you right now, if you've been walking through an offense and you've been dealing with it, in your own way right now, in your own words, 
I want to challenge you right now just to begin to release that thing to Jesus. Say, Lord, I give it to you. Lord, I don't want to carry it any longer. I don't want to carry that thing anymore. I don't want to be known by that thing anymore. Lord, I give it to you today. Lord, I can't, I can't keep going this way. This is not the life that you created me to live. This is not the way you wanted me to be. And in Jesus' name, Lord, I give, I give it to you. I give you the hurt. I give you the pain. God, today I give you the feelings of anger. I give you the feelings today of frustration. God, I need you to take this today because I can't carry it anymore. In Jesus' name, I pray right now, Father, would you lift, begin to lift that burden. Lord, as we yield to you, as we yield to you, Lord, I want to be released from this thing in Jesus' name. Released. And I want to find healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. I understand this morning that uh, when we pray a prayer like that, Sometimes, just gonna be real with you for a minute if you don't mind. Sometimes we have the thought, well, uh, a switch is gonna flip and all of a sudden I feel better. And all the pain goes away. Actually, what I do believe, I do believe that there are many times God can change a situation in an instant. And then I believe there are many times God walks a journey with us. Every day, I walk. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. When you've been carrying around that thing, and if tomorrow morning you get up, today in church you said, Lord, I surrender to you. Tomorrow morning, if it starts, the feelings come back, the memories come back, I want to encourage you something. You'll go right back to the source. Lord, I need your help. Today's Monday. God, I don't know what triggered that feeling, but you do. And I know you're right here with me, and I know you're going to help me. Friend, every time, every time, every time that it comes, I will encourage you to drop it at his feet. Drop that thing at his feet. Drop it at his feet. Because Jesus is the only one who can bring ultimate healing in our hearts and in our lives. I trust him. For some of you, some of you have, in the last couple of weeks, you've come. And you spoke with Paul and you said, you know what, I need, to, I need to have a journey that I walk with somebody. Listen, friend, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I, I, there's a journey I need to walk and I need somebody to walk the journey with us. Please come. Please come and talk to us. And if we don't have the ability, I'm, there, there's no ego on the table. If we don't have the ability, we will help connect you with the right person that can help you. Because I believe in Jesus, there's healing for us all, don't you? Healing for us all. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for you today, for everyone in the room. That we'll be able to walk in his characteristics, his kindness, and his love. Father God, in the name of Jesus.
I thank you, Lord, that you're not just a religious figure, but you're a reality in our lives. Father, I pray today for every person in this room. Lord, as we walk together the journey of life this week, God, I pray for your help. I pray for your strength. I pray for your touch. God, would you remind us every day that you're right there with us. God, would you bring extra comfort today for those who need comfort. Peace for those who need peace. Determination for those who need determination. Whatever we need, would you be that for us today, I pray. Lord, I ask that your joy would be in us and that our joy would be complete in you. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. Amen and amen. May his joy and his strength be yours. God bless you. We love you all. Have a great day today. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. God bless.